Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to the Be Beautiful Inside and Out show with me, your host, Leanne McHugh. I'm just a mum of three on a mission. A mission to help women take back their power, know their worth and feel that they're most confident inside and out. Think of me as your emotional cheerleader who gets real, raw and honest about the highs and lows of motherhood and being a woman. You'll listen into this podcast and think, thank God it's not just me. If you're listening into this show, be prepared to be tricked into loving yourself. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Be Beautiful Inside and Out show with me, your host, Leanne McHugh. I hope you're all good. I always um, think of Taylor Swift when I'm saying, you know, it's me, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. You get the drift. Sorry for the dodgy late night singing. Um, I'm actually recording this after a night of teaching Zumba, my mum watched the kids, Um, I came home, got them settled and ended up doing some more dancing in the house um, because typical me can't switch off. So even after a busy night, I'm coming on to record this podcast now because it's in my head and I'll not switch off until I do, until I get it out there, get my message out there and recorded and you'll understand more why in a minute or so. So on this episode, I'm going to talk to you about ADHD and my journey on the diagnosis pathway. Now, ADHD is something that I was really on the fence about for a few years. I was really on the fence about what it actually was. And my experience and understanding of ADHD was a 10-year-old boy, angry, throwing things around the classroom at school. Um, that was just what I thought ADHD was. And I think a lot of us probably thought that with the knowledge and the, the very little education we had on it when I was growing up. Um, now, a few years ago, um, probably about five, six years ago, I read an article talking about the different rates of diagnosis of ADHD in France and the USA and basically I can't remember the exact numbers or figures or anything like that but the gist of the article and the study that I read was that basically in France ADHD was non-existent but the rates of diagnosis in America were very very high and this article was basically pointing out you know the fact was it any coincidence that with the difference in the French diet and the diet of the USA, that ADHD was so prevalent in the USA, basically. So at that point, that's when I was really starting to understand my health and thought that, you know, ADHD was just a reaction to all the junk and the rubbish, basically, that's in modern-day food and modern-day diet. Um, yeah, so I was starting to understand, you know, toxins and preservatives and colourings and e-numbers and all the things that we're now starting to understand, the huge impact that it has on our bodies. Um, 
And yeah, there was a real lack of understanding around ADHD for myself, but I think for so many people as well. And also, most people that I knew with ADHD had been through a lot of trauma in their lives as well. So I almost thought as well as, you know, lifestyle and diet and nutrition, that it was some sort of trauma response. So cast my mind back to a couple of years ago, and I'd say maybe about three years ago, it was sort of during lockdown times, I seen an influencer and an entrepreneur called Lisa D, who um, I follow on Instagram, and she's somebody that I really admire. I seen her posting about her diagnosis um, journey of ADHD a couple of years ago. Now, I knew from following her that she was somebody who's very holistic, who's very health conscious, successful, and I really admired her. I admired her a lot, and I found it very interesting that someone like her had ADHD, but I still didn't really get what it was. So then, what happened next was... um, so basically my eldest daughter Molly who's four at the time of this being recorded when she was around 14-15 months I started to expect wee traits in her of ASD so autism spectrum disorder now there's a family history of ASD there on her daddy's side so it'd always been a discussion in our house that it could be a possibility naturally when we're talking to the health visitor and GPs when she was younger you know it was just something to to keep an eye out for but to be honest I'd never never overly thought about it um now things started to really show in her during lockdown but again times were so hard for kids anyway and their development they weren't getting to see people or talk to people or interact with people the way they should have been at that age but um, yeah, um, times are really hard for kids at that point. Um, and my understanding, my knowledge at that point was that autism was more common in boys, that girls didn't really get it. <laughs> so once I started to suspect signs in her, I ended up down a rabbit hole, basically, and starting to discover how differently it can present in girls to boys and discovered ADHD was the same. So then, of course, what I started to realise was that it's not just more—it's not more common in boys. Um, it's just that girls are very underdiagnosed, and girls' traits are just so different to how they present in boys. So I started reading about some of the symptoms and traits of ADHD. Um, naturally, they can cross over quite a lot ADHD and ASD. So naturally, when I was reading up on this, to educate myself about my my own little girl, I came across all of this information about ADHD and I recognised so much of what I was reading within myself. And one night, so much so, whatever I was reading, I started crying. Like, I got really, really upset because it was genuinely like my life was flashing before my eyes. So for me, I've always been very driven, I've always been motivated, I've always worked really, really hard, but in so many ways I was so unorganised in my life, and of course I was a busy mum, and a great mum, I poured all my energy, as I still do, into my children, 
Um, but at times I still just thought that I was absolutely awful at being an adult. So when I started to read these symptoms and traits and understand, yeah, I, I don't know if it was a bit of a relief even that, oh gosh, there could be a, an explanation for why I act and think the way I do sometimes. So some of the main traits and symptoms that I related to were things like impulsiveness and forgetfulness, always losing things. People would always slate me for losing things and being so forgetful. Um, time management, time management has always been a really sore point for me. I'm one of these people who I'm always really, really early or late. And it's because I'm conscious of the fact that I run late a lot, that I'm overly early. So if I have a class at five o'clock, I'll be there at half past four because I just don't want to risk getting there any later. I've always had difficulty organising myself and organising money. Um, always starting new things without finishing other tasks that I'd started. So I was always looking to do something new. And I think I just came across as really, really positive and motivated. Um, but I wasn't always seen through other projects that I'd started. Um, very impatient and wanting everything done yesterday. Again, an example of that is a few years ago, I went for guitar lessons and because I couldn't play the guitar like Neil Young or Bob Dylan or some famous like guitarist singer, um, I'd be like, right, I'm quitting <laughs> because I couldn't do it there and then. I've always had very much an all or nothing mentality. So again, examples of that would be cleaning. So if I was cleaning the house, I would go from one extreme to the other, depending on whether or not I was in the zone. So I'd go out and I'd be like toothbrushes around the skirting board, like somebody like with OCD, like when I was in, I was all in. And then I would go to the opposite extreme where I just couldn't be bothered. I've always had anxiety. Um, I've never been very good at sitting still in silence. I always have to be active and on my feet or um, just doing something. I, I always overestimate what I can achieve within a certain time frame. And I always overestimate the energy that I can give to a task as well. And constantly feeling overwhelmed. Now, once I started to understand these traits and seen it within myself... I think it's really hard because, you know, I, I hate the phrase that overall oh, on the spectrum somewhere or we're all neurodivergent somewhere because, yeah, maybe in some instances that's true, but, you know, you might have one or two traits. But even when I started talking to my health visitor about Molly, she said, yeah, you know, maybe one, two, three traits at most wouldn't be something to worry about. But you're starting to get to five, six, seven, eight traits. Like that's just, yeah, that's like another level. And that's definitely painting a different picture and a different story. So I decided to take a few online quizzes. Um, so I just went on Google and was like ADHD quiz. <laughs> um and every quiz that i done scored me as highly likely to have ADHD. Now, I think it's important to mention that I actually, when I first started reading into this, I actually thought that I might have had, um, that I might be ASD, that I might have had autism. But yeah, the more I understand and read into it, I realised that no, um, my traits were, were very, very different. Um, but yeah, when I started to do these online quizzes and started to get a bit more validation for where my thoughts were at, 
I'm never really said to anyone for ages as I just felt like such an imposter or a fraud or, you know, like I was being silly. I didn't want anyone to think that I was just being a bit dramatic or overthinking. Um, But again, now that I understand ADHD a bit more, I realise that even that imposter syndrome and that fear of being found out is a trait as well. I mean, being found out for what? (laughs) You are who you are. Um, but yeah, I mentioned it briefly to my partner at the time and naturally we had a conversation about, again, that how so many people can diagnose themselves with things that they read online. So I tried not to overthink it too much. And now as my daughter Molly got older, she was then put on the pathway by our health visitor to be assessed for autism. And I just couldn't get this niggling feeling about ADHD out of my head. And I was added to a few autism and ADHD support groups on Facebook, you know, within Scotland, Lanarkshire, my local area, just for support for parents. Um, But what I was constantly seeing on there is adults posting their experiences. So these groups weren't all child related, um, but also adults posting their experiences after their children receiving diagnoses as well. So I find that really, really interesting. So again, at that point, now this is maybe a year, 18 months after I originally thought this about myself, I started to explore the symptoms again and randomly a close friend um, shared with me that they had been diagnosed with ADHD in their 30s and that had been quite recent at that point and I couldn't believe what I I was hearing Um, when I told them that I suspected this about me, so many of our traits and personality personality aspects were so similar and I decided again it was time to explore this further so again around about this time um not long after this Christine McGuinness you know influencer tv personality um she announced that she was diagnosed with ASD after all of her children had been diagnosed and again this was also in her 30s I think she was 31 when she was diagnosed And my eyes were just widening and opening and opening. And I also remembered that some of my family members, like cousins, had ADHD and autism as well. And there was always conversations in our family about my papa, like my grandfather. Um, He's no longer with us, but we always have chats within the family. And again, I think with a modern perspective and education and understanding, we would often talk about the fact that, you know, if he was a child today, it would likely be diagnosed with autism as well, just how eccentric he was. And, oh, again, I could sit and give you a list of different things. But that's quite a common topic of conversation within our family. So from there, I reached out to the Facebook communities that I was a part of to ask questions. And I understood there was a couple of official assessments that doctors use to assess your traits and was sent these to fill these out. So although I'd done quite a few of them online, I realised that not all of them are what doctors would look at. And I think some of them can be quite salesy and can draw you in. Um, There's a couple of official ones um, that I was advised to fill out. So one was called Weiss, or Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. And I can't remember the name of the other one, but I will find that out. Um, But again, I scored as highly likely on these for having ADHD 
And at this point, I contacted my GP. And when I explained, they definitely felt that I should be exploring this further, further, I should say. And especially with my history of anxiety, my history with my mental health as, as well. So from there, basically the process as of my part of the world is that you're referred to a psychiatrist. So from there, I had my first psychiatry appointment and it took around four months, if even that, to be honest, which I thought was super quick given the length of time, like for my little girl. Um, I think the kind of average length of time at the moment is about three years currently. Um, so to, for me to be seen that that quick, well, what I thought was quick in my eyes. Now, naturally, the psychiatrist wanted to explore my whole mental health history, life trauma, postnatal mental health with me. Um, because of course Esme, my youngest, was only about eight or nine months at this point. Now I'd done lots of therapy over the years, CBT, different coaching and therapy, um, and I still felt like there was something more there niggling when it came to anxiety and my mental health. And at this point, although the psychiatrist, the doctor I spoke to, agreed that there was a lot to go on and a lot to explore down the ADHD path, my life at that point was really, really stressful. I had just come out of a relationship with my daughter's dad. As I say, Esme was around eight, nine months old. I also had Annie, who was two. Um, Molly, of course, being three and a half at that point. And life was just bloody hard. So at the end of an appointment, I was in there for about an hour. Um, I got a new, a new prescription for, I think it's an SNR. I it's a bit different to an SSRI um, but yeah basically from there we agreed to meet again in a few months time and see how it was getting on now in that time I continued to research ADHD listened into other podcasts read articles and my friend and I would constantly send each other TikToks and Instagram reels and memes and things like that and just laugh about how relatable they were as ADHDers um, so I've been absolutely convinced that I have it now, now again, at the time, I was working with a life coach as well, um, and when I said to her, she was really intrigued as she explained that, of course, she works with a lot of people who have anxiety, like serious anxiety. She's used to working with those kind of people and offering therapy and support. And she was really intrigued as she found that I didn't present as a typically anxious person. She never said this, of course. This was at the, the end of my, my block of sessions. Um, yeah, so she didn't feel that I presented as a typically anxious person like a lot of the people that she's worked with. And yet I still talked of this overwhelm and this anxiety in my sessions. And although she didn't, you know, decide to try and diagnose me or anything like that because that's not her job she could see after I mentioned it how ADHD could be a possibility so roll on another few months again and my second psychiatry appointment came around um at this point I was feeling this is quite recent actually to this podcast at this point I've been feeling a lot better within myself which I explained and I'm making a lot of positive moves in my life although life is still very stressful and challenging what I explained to him was that the things that I'm stressed about 
are normal things to feel that way about. I wasn't feeling stressed about things that were, you know, insignificant. Like I was stressed about the fact that I'm a single mum. I have a business life, very, very busy. Um, and I also explained that I had no longer been taking my prescription. I felt that my emotions were where they should be. I felt happy when I should happy. I felt angry when I should feel angry. I felt sad and so on. I felt like my emotions were normal and as they should be. And I was coping well despite the stress in my life. Um, And so with that in mind and explaining to the doctor again, so it was the same doctor, we had a discussion again about my traits and he asked me what my thoughts were in the ADHD, you know, the, the feelings and the traits that I'd had before. And I explained what I was still experiencing, although I was feeling better within myself. So things such as the money and time management, the hyper focus, the I'm quite bad for cutting over people's conversations and sentences when I'm when I'm listening. Um, and it's not in a rude way. It's just that I get so excited that I have to get my thought out there and then. The high energy and the energetic way I can communicate and the rest. Um, so yeah, it was definitely time to explore this further again and he completely agreed. So I felt really listened to, I felt really heard and yeah, it was only natural that he wanted to explore that anxiety and I felt like now my, my emotions, I was feeling better within myself. It definitely felt like, you know, there's still something else that's causing these other traits. So where I'm at now, I'm currently waiting on a pack being sent out to me where I sit with my parents and any family members who remember me as a child when I was younger and we'll sit and fill out a questionnaire about myself. Um, we used to dig out old report cards from school and look at like my past and what I was like as a child because naturally there's a lot more understanding now of the condition and especially in girls so I'm really interested and quite excited actually to look back and see how this will turn out and how maybe things that were presenting when I was a child that there might be a reason for that now. Now of course I still might not get a diagnosis at the end of this maybe it is anxiety and overwhelm um, you know the stresses of modern day life that's causing ADHD like symptoms could very well be um, and I know for a while that I was really worried about this like I was worried to tell people about it because I was worried what people might think and will they think I'm being dramatic and making this stuff up um, but I think going down this path as an adult and I'm sure there's a lot of people out here who are maybe thinking that they have ADHD or getting ready to go on the pathway they might not actually have any sort of diagnosis yet um, but I think it, as an adult that it's really really important with all the knowledge we have today and as a parent of a neurodivergent child or a likely a neurodivergent child again we haven't got that diagnosis yet um, it's really important to be able to understand yourself and why you work and think the way that you do and I think that if you don't get a diagnosis, then great. That is amazing. It's okay to have explored that and not have a diagnosis and then look at other ways to try and understand yourself and your thought processes as well. And I just think that our bodies and our minds are so, so interesting. Um, I think though, as I say, if I don't have ADHD, then great. That's amazing. However, if I do, then what I'm looking to get from this is you know being able to give myself a bit less of a hard time 
because I'm an absolute perfectionist. Um, although I'm a wannabe perfectionist, I think I would describe myself as. Um, I don't always execute things to, to be as perfectionist as I am or as consistent with it. Um, but yeah, I think just to be able to give myself a bit less of a, a hard time and know that I'm not just terrible or awful at being an adult, which is what I thought for a long, long time. Now, I've not even thought about medication or anything like that. And I'm not sure if that would be the route that I would want to go down. But I'm really excited to understand and unlock another part of me that I didn't understand before. So only good is going to come out of this. Now, I could honestly talk about this stuff all day. And I'm happy to share more of my traits and experiences with others. So if you don't already, follow me on Instagram at Be Beautiful. <coughs> <coughs> excuse me I'm so sorry for that coughing this podcast isn't edited so yeah apologies guys follow me on instagram at be beautiful inside and out with lee lee is spelled l-i and get in touch and um, if you feel this is resonating with you or if you suspect that you might have adhd get in touch send me a message and I'm happy to, to have a chat if I can but yeah that's all for today's episode thank you so much again for listening i'll definitely update you about this again in the future and yeah for now i will see you next time bye thank you so much for listening into this week's episode I would really love it if you could leave me a five-star review and subscribe if you're enjoying the show, as this helps many other beautiful souls like you discover the podcast. Follow me on Instagram at bebeautifulinsideandoutwithlee, Lee spelled L-I, and also at The Mindful Mummy Life. Screenshot, share to your stories and with the friends you know who may benefit. Remember, you are worthy you are loved, you are enough, and you are beautiful inside and out.